lovely to be here. Why don't you have your seats for a moment? Musicians, you can still play. That'd be fine. I, I have a couple of things I, I would like to say. <laughs> so it's the end of the weekend, right? And um, there's no clock here, I don't see. Oh, yeah, they, you have a clock. Okay, BC clock. <laughs> I'm on BC time anyway. But first of all, tonight I want to thank everyone. Um, Brother Harold, Sister Leanne, it has meant so much and a privilege to address you and to stand before your people. I have always loved you and respected you and feel it a great honor. I never said anything. I was, I was surprised to be praying for, over the food. I was like, well, what am I doing praying over the food? And then I didn't say anything. And, and so would you please give me a few minutes? Is that all right? Um, I've known Brother Harold um, since he was an old man of 35. Because I was 21. And anybody that hit into their 30s, they are already halfway down the hill. <laughs> and I had the great and honor and privilege to know Brother Harold and to be a, I think, one of my first outings as a, as a preacher. I thought I didn't think I was a preacher. I still don't think I'm too much of a preacher. But I think as a young man, I, Brother Harold invited me to speak to, your, to the young people here. And I was, I was scared. My knees were knocking. I didn't know what on earth I was going to do. What am I doing here? And from that time to now, it's been a wonderful journey. You have seen great fruits. You heard great testimonies of a man of God that has had a burden for the things of God. Brother Menno, I have also known I was 21, and he was 34. I had the privilege. I was a single man. I don't know how we did it. Brother Menno stayed in my little apartment, and he put up with us young fellas. And I've been privileged to stand with men of God of this caliber. And I want to say to you, young men, take up the baton. We didn't know that if I would have preached in 1977 or 78, I don't care what number you preached, I said, we're going to be here to 2022, I would have been excommunicated. You don't know what you were saying, Brother Tom. Who would have thought? We didn't think we'd get married. We didn't think we'd have children. And now our grandchildren are, we don't know. But we want to press the battle. We don't want to give up the fight. We fought too long, and the devil's a loser. Yesterday, we heard many very kind words regarding a man of God and his dear wife. Brother Menos, I think, summed it up very succinctly. Very succinctly. As we heard so many testimonies and different things, but Brother Menno used the scripture that one waters, one plants, 
but it's God that gives the increase. Neither, as the scripture goes on to say, neither is he that planted anything, and neither he that watereth, but it's God that gives the increase. These are just men of God that God has used mightily, and we as other men underneath them have rejoiced and benefited from sacrificial lives. But Brother Harold, there is just one scripture I'd like to say. Out of Romans 10 and 13, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. We thank you for leaving us, as we heard yesterday, footprints in this great sands of time that we can follow and herald the message of his blessed appearing. You must have been called Harold for the right reason. Not just a warrior, Brother Harold, but you herald a message. And this message is everything. It's changed lives in here in North America, in Africa, and around the world. And your voice has blended with the voice of many waters. One last scripture, Brother Harold. I cannot read these scriptures without thinking of you. Paul writes, I will very gladly spent and be spent for you. Though the more abundant that I love you, the less be that love me. It didn't matter. We weren't doing it. Paul didn't do it for an accolade. He did not do it for any other reason but to, to glorify Jesus Christ. And you indeed have been a spent life for us, Brother Harold, and God bless you. I feel it an honor. I don't know why I'm standing here. I was looking forward. I thought I was flying. I was going to hear Brother Menno. Well, I haven't heard for years. I love that voice. I just, I just love it. And... Uh, Man, I just sat there in the pew with my wife, and I just listened to Brother Minow. I said, someday I want to be like that. But I got this whiny, crazy voice. And uh, I told Brother Harold, I said, one day when I grow up, I want to be just like Brother Minow. But we do thank you, Brother Minow, Sister Irene. You touched our lives when we were in our youth, and it's never changed. It's never changed. Happy 80th birthday and happy anniversary to a lovely couple. God bless you. So with all the love I can possibly pour out to you from Brother Biscoll, Sister Biscoll, myself, my wife, my family, and our assembly, we want to greet you love you and let you know your life has impressed us and we will continue to be blessed by the life you have lived before us brother Harold Hildebrand pastor man of God son of God husband grandfather what title do we want to say but can I just say one last thing because we had a prophet go on before and he saw brother Neville come down and he was he was coming to receive his reward. Way to go, Brother Neville. He slapped him on the back, and they were going up. I want to be, Brother Harold, somewhere in the crowd. 
and they call your name. And when you hear, well done, thou faithful servant, I want to be there rejoicing with you and your wife as you walk down that great aisle and enter the kingdom of God. God richly bless you, assembly. God bless you for your labors of love. Your lives have touched souls around this globe. And every labor of love that you've ever done is eternal. You never did it for a man and you never did it for a church, but you did it for almighty God himself that loves this message and you've sent it out. And I want to say from me to you, God bless you. And thank you for allowing me over the years to address you, sometimes in a very gregarious or loud or whatever you want to say manner. But I do love the Lord Jesus, Brother Ed. And our friendship will never, never cease. It will go from now to eternity. And I, I, I believe you have wonderful, wonderful men of God here. So, God bless you. I got this phone call and I didn't know what on earth Brother Harold was calling me for. And he said, would, would you please take the uh, evening service? Well, I was aghast because I had all these wonderful brothers all around. I said, I, I didn't even know what to say. There was a little dead space. I didn't know whether you knew that, Brother Harold. But there was a dead space. And I thought he was waiting for my answer. And I'm going, mm -mm, we're flying out. And he was gracious and said, well, you can change that. <laughs> Apparently, I, yeah, I can. <laughs> and it was changed. And thank you. Thank you for the invitation to be here. Brother, Dwayne, it's lovely to have been with you this week. Thank you, Connie. It's nice to see you. Was Shelly was here. I saw her earlier. And, of course, we've known them since they were little, little ones. And so now we're all big ones. <laughs> and now we're going to turn to the Word. Is that okay? All right, let's stand. I can't sing any more songs because Brother Ray took the one song I was going to ask Brother Menno to sing, Old Faithful Soldier. I, love, I play that all the time on my, ra on my radio. I don't have a radio. On my whatever they call it because you can't say CD and then I, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, Brother Ray sings my next song, This Poor Man Cried. I said, can they leave me anything? And then I come, you know, his goodness is falling. Oh, brother, let's just go to the Bible, okay? So let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Father, it's a grand opportunity to be with your people. We don't take it ever for granted. We love your bride. She indeed is the purchase and blood-bought of God. And Lord, what an honor it is to stand before them. doesn't matter where we are. But Lord, we find ourselves behind the sacred desk tonight, so we pray, oh God, you'll cover us in the blood. We'll cling to Calvary. We'll proclaim this gospel. We will lift you up, Lord, the best we can. And we will look in your word, so Father, would you open our eyes to see our ears to hear. As Brother Menno prayed this morning, that we would hear what the Spirit would say to the church. So, Father, I'm asking now that you will take the word, break it to us, Lord. Feed our hungry souls. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as we turn.
please in our in the uh, scriptures number of scriptures of course go through our minds and and we are looking for the mind of God but I like you to turn please to Judges chapter 14 I like to preach on a little subject there's still honey in your trial there's still honey in your trial we have grown up through the word matured do we not say we're the bride of Christ do we say we're ready for rapture? So then if we're ready for rapture and we're the bride, she has to be a mature bride. And I believe, as Brother Menno said today, if the last one's in, then God's just waiting for that maturity to come. So we have to be examples as mature sons and daughters of God to know that when we go through a trial, it's not a time to, oh man, I'm going through a trial. We've gone through those days. We've gone through those days of pouting and complaining. And now we've come to a place to realize that every trial is for us. It's for our benefit. Because it's our molding of character. And in that character, because only character is fit to rule. And so then we have to go through the trial. And and Peter told us that in the scripture, but we didn't get it. But we're getting it. Count it all joy. When you fall in divers' temptation. And we used to so complain. My phone used to ring. And pastor's phones were ringing. And, and oh, brother, we're going there. But now what we're hearing, brother, I conquered that devil. Come on. I conquered that devil. I took God at his word. The promise is fulfilled. It's living in me. The word's in me. And so we start to find out there's honey in every trial. So any tr- anybody going in a trial, you're going to have honey. Anybody that's going out of the trial, you're taking the honey. And you that just came out of a trial, just rejoice. <laughs> You've got honey. All right? So there's honey in our trials. Let's just turn now to um, Judges chapter 14. And the Bible says here in Judges 14, verse 4, but his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at the time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a lion, a young lion, roared against him. Actually, if you take a look at the word young, it's not like it's a young lion in age. It's in its fullness of strength. So now this lion is coming after an anointed son prophesied by an angel. I want you to stay with me. Your anointed sons and daughters anointed by an angel under a prophet's ministry. Now you, have, you tell me, am I going to be a defeated son and daughter of God or a victorious son of God? I'm looking at the shadow. I'm looking at the shadow. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him and rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hands. But let me say what a prophet said. He was under covenant. Yeah. 
He had nothing in his hands, but he was under a covenant. You've got nothing in your hands, but you've been given a covenant. This bride will not fall. Can you say an amen? I'm looking way in the back. I want to hear an amen back there. This bride will not fall. She will not fall like Eve fell at the beginning. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. You may have your seats. So now here we have a situation. I don't I want to hold you long. I know you've had a, a long and weary weekend. You've worked hard. So we're just going to just highlight a, a little subject here this, this evening and say there's still honey in the trial. Doesn't matter what you go through. You got honey in the trial. Because after the trial, because the Bible goes on to say, and he went down and he talked with a woman that pleased Samuel, uh, Samson well. And after a time, after a time, so a space of time. Say, so when this is going to get over? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You say, I've been in this trial for five years. Praise the Lord. There's going to be more honey. Because it doesn't matter. It says space of time. It doesn't give 15 minutes. It doesn't say an hour. It doesn't say a week. It doesn't say a month. It just says a space of time. So yeah, I've gone into this trial, Brother Tom. I'm going through this trial. It does not matter. So it goes on to say, and after a time, he returned to her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of his trial. Come on. I want to see you the next time a lion roars. And the reason why I, uh, Brother Harold, forgive me, but the only reason why I've been in this subject, because I've always taught thought of you as a a lion. So we have drunk or we have eaten from the honey of your life. That doesn't matter. Look around the room. Tell me what brother or what sister has not gone through a trial. Tell me one brother and one sister who has not shared that trial. And tell me one brother or one sister that shared that trial that was not be blessed by the testimony of the trial. But when you first went into it, don't tell me that you were happy about it. I mean, I, let's, let's face it. Last time I saw a lion was between bars. And I like it that way. But I'd been to, I, would, I was over in the Congo and stopped to see a, a dear friend in, in South Africa. And he took me to the, a lion reserve and we were there, and they have these little glass combis that they have, and you can slide open the window, but you're, or you're not supposed to hang out the window. You're supposed to take your photo through the window. Well, the week before I got there, there's a, a foreign lady. She wanted real close. I guess they have, you know, how you got those lenses now, and they can just like that. Well, she hung out that window, and that lion pulled her through that window and destroyed her. Lions are powerful. Lions are strong. Lions are incredible. But there's some way a prophet ties and takes it in the scripture that the lion 
of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed. So then if you are in the line, you tell me, are you going to prevail? Are you going to prevail? It doesn't matter what trial. Because my Bible, as we'll get into it, the devil goes about as. It's only as. He's not a lion. As a roaring lion. But my lion, your lion, our lion, is greater than any lion. Have, who, who had big brothers? Anybody here had a big brother? Anybody here have a big brother? You ever go to the playing field when you're playing with kids and all of a sudden there's always a bully on the field? And you're ready to, you know, it seems like, you know, they got something in for you. You don't know why because I thought everybody liked me. I don't guess not. I found out later in life that nobody likes me. <laughs> but, no, I don't mean that. So then, you know, and then all of a sudden you get a little testy. You know, you push one another. And all of a sudden, that one time, he backed away. And I thought, hey. I got the upper hand. He must be terribly afraid of me. No, my big brother was behind me. Come on. He said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you, for I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. You have big brother beside you. He's called your heavenly father. Amen. And the Bible says after a space of time, he returned, he returned, and behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. In his trial, what the writer of Judges is trying to tell us, it doesn't matter who you are, however the lion roars, in that trial, there's going to be sweetness. So, Brother Harold, Brother Ed Hammermeister, your phones will never ring again after this message. <laughs> Unless they want to tell you what kind of honey, because everybody brags about their honey. I remember the Peace River country honey. Brother Tim used to uh, give me a five-gallon bucket or whatever it was. I love that honey. Brother Biscoll would always brag about Dawson Creek and up their honey. Then we had a brother, uh, brother Isaiah Brooks. He comes and preaches for us years ago, and he brought his honey, and then another brother brought his tobacco honey, and yuck. Uh, can you imagine bragging on tobacco honey? It's, it's, it's just, the, just the name of it's gross. But whenever they ate BC honey, oh, I mean... Saskatchewan, Alberta, and everybody else's honey. They said, that's the best honey. We need to market this honey. Well, I want to say to you, the honey of the trial is marketable. You need to shout it on the hilltops. We had a young brother. We have, we have prayer meetings, and we have prayer meetings on, mon on Monday nights, and it just seems to be something very special for our, our church at this time. It's been over a year. We've been seeing our backslidden sons and daughters of God back into the church. It's just testimony after testimony. And we rejoice. And, and then all of a sudden, a young man stand up the other night. And it was Brother Murphy Wong's son-in-law and his daughter couldn't have children. And they were on our board. Brother Ron Spencer prayed for them. We have prayed for them as a local minister. And he stood up and, and, he, and he couldn't stop beaming. You know, he smiled. But when you're in it, 
and your wife is crying because why can't I be like other sisters? Huh? And then, they, and then you're, you're in, in, in agony over this. But when the trial's over, there's a great rejoicing. He stood up, there was about, what do you say, honey, about 100 of our people there in, in the prayer room. And we just, he just stood up and he said, God has given my wife and I a baby. And you know what 100 people did? Hallelujah! <laughs> Amen. They were rejoicing. Nobody, nobody on this planet that I've met has said, oh, really? You really got victory over that trial? Really? How did you do it? No. Everybody is rejoicing when you've conquered your devil. It doesn't matter what it is, young people. It does not matter. There's honey in the rock, my brother. And, and, and you've, you've sang the songs and you've got the scripture, but it's got to be applicable to life. You've got to be able to see it in the word and, and start to understand. Just a second, we are not on a picnic. We're in a warfare, but we've won the war. We've read the end of the book. I don't know if I've ever said it here before, but you know, in, in World War II, there was... There was Rommel and there was Patton. And, and Rommel and Patton are having the great battle of the tanks in the Sahara Desert somewhere. And all of a sudden, Patton opens up the top of his tank and he goes, he says, Rommel, I gotcha. And, and of course, you know, that goes through all the, you know, all the tanks. He's got us, he's got us but they're saying in German. And all of a sudden, General Patton says to his guy, he says, send out the message. I read his book. Yeah, you know, the stats. How to fight a tank battle. <laughs> and so he just realized the formation of the tanks was written in his book. And so he screamed out. And he said, Rommel, I read the end of your book. And I got you. And you can say that tonight. Satan, it doesn't matter what you put on me. I've read the end of the book. And you're the loser. We're the winners. Amen. We have to take it literally. Because this is a love letter to us. It's not just something we read for information. It's something we apply to our everyday lives. You ever gone to a job where your boss doesn't like you? Hmm? I had a son who, when he came out of school, he didn't know, have a clue what he wanted to do. And I had a brother that worked and for a company that built great big condo complexes. And, and so he, I, I said, to my brother, I said, do you have a spot somewhere in the company for my son? He says, sure, send him down. So we got into the landscaping business. We've ruined how many washing machines, honey? Because he brought more dirt in the house than he did outside the house. But his boss hated him, Brother Ed. Not hated him, just different spirit. So Tom, his name was Tom, unfortunately. 
didn't, you know, would say to my son Sammy, he'd swear at him and do everything he could to him, trying to ruin his day and that type of thing. And, and Sam just, I just told him, keep your head down and look busy. When he comes, then he can't find you. So sure enough, he comes on the job and he's just, you know, he, and they all use the Latin words for, you know, this tree goes here and that tree goes there and you got to have these bushes over here and there. And, and Sam, he's just flying these things over and finally he just let out a, a, a bunch of words and, and Sam said, Dad, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about him. I said, honey, just do what you, what, what, what's on your heart to do. So Sam said to him, he said, Tom, let me just, ask, just tell you something. He said, I, I'm a Christian. He said, my dad has never talked to me this way. He said, he, he says, I, I've heard words I've never heard in my life. But I want you to know I pray for you every morning. That is destroying a lion. Why? Because a soft answer, what? Turneth away wrath. So there's always got to be scripture you're applying to. And he was like putty in his hands, Sam's hands. And from that day forward, he didn't swear in his presence. And that's his boss. And he's a little, a little 18 year old. I, I got to watch myself. A great 18-year-old boy at the time, <laughs> right? And so, you know, you're out onto, onto the workforce. And so you say, well, how does that apply to me? Well, in any area of your life. I had a young a boy come up to me, and we were just talking, and, and he's in this high position with um, a petroleum company, and he wants to, he's a, a control instrument uh, operator, and you have to have 75 to 100% to continue in the program. And he was the lowest at the bottom of the class. And it was a Wednesday night. Brother Harold, Brother Menno, Brother Ed, he came up and he said, Brother Tom, I need prayer. I just need prayer. He says, because if I don't pass this exam tomorrow, he said, I'm done. It's over. It's finished. It's Kaputski. And this, I really like what this is. I said, well, have you put all your heart into it? Have you done the best you can? I said, absolutely. I've done all the best I can. I said, well, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be top of the class. So we prayed. He got the top mark of that day, and he got the top of the class, and God just gave him the job that he wanted. So you say, oh, well, you know, that, no, that was very important to a 19, 20, 21-year-old man. Very important. But let me tell you, that lion was rent. And now I'm giving you his honey. Amen. It does not matter what situation you find yourself in. You say, well, I want all the deep things of God, and I, I need all, and we do. We want, and we desire, and we, but saints of God, we got to bring that down into here and live what that is in here. You say, well, Brother Tom, look at the prophet. He wanted to shoot those kids, and you know, those blank guns went off, or those bullets didn't, they t- turned out to be real bullets. They didn't go off, and he could have been a murderer. But God so changed the nature, and you've lived off that trial. You have ate that honey, and he loved a bull to the ground. What a change of nature. So if God could do it to a prophet, he can do it for you and I. We always say, oh, the prophet did this. The prophet turned out hornets. You can do hornets? Me? Yes, you can. You can love bulls? Me? Well... Well, let me give you an example. 
When you're first saved, you think you can do anything. Hmm? So I, I was on a job site, and, and you know, I just listened to perfect love. I just listened to it, and uh, a brother, my brother-in-law and I are walking down the street, and here comes this German shepherd with his teeth just going, and he's going to eat me alive. I said, don't, don't worry, Ken, I've got this. Don't ever say that. Every time I'm with a brother who says, I got this, it's disastrous. It's not us getting this. It wasn't Samson getting this. It was the Spirit of God that moved on Samson. That's what we want, the Spirit of God to move. Oh, by the way, I turned around, I said, Ken? And he's already two city blocks down the road. And I won't tell you the rest of the story. <laughs> I'll save it for another time. <laughs> I think I caught up to him. But it's one thing to have it up here. But it's another thing to have it down here. And I, I believe that as we have striven as ministers of the gospel... We've gone through the age of lifting men up or having doctrines and we're having this. We've gone through all those times. Now it's living the word, manifesting Jesus Christ. The prophet pointed us to him. And that is what our hearts are crying for, is to be like Jesus. Because even the prophet was thought, they, they called him Jesus Christ. He said, that offends me. He said, if you keep on doing that, I'm stepping down from the ministry. But that's what we're striving for, and he was there. Huh? But we, we, of course, now understand what that's about. We understand what that's about. And we just want to be more like him. And we've had a tremendous example. A son of man ministry has come to reveal the son of man himself. And now the bride is coming. And her realization of who she is. No more powders and complainers about trials you go through. You start to understand God's using you to show the devil he can't get you through the trial. Can I hear an amen? I actually, because I, I, I like that confession Brother, Brother Menno said today. It's the amen, amening the amen. Right? It's the word, amening the word. And, and it's one thing, saints of God, to hear it, but it's another thing to hear and do what you hear. And that's what we're striving for within our lives, to see what the Lord Jesus will do within all of our hearts and lives. We need to stay in the beat of the composer. As I was saying to the church the other day, I was saying, now listen, how many of you played in a band? Huh? Yeah, you're musical. How many non-musical people were in a band? Huh? I, that's what I, okay, there's only one. There's really one honest person, I got two. I used to be an auctioneer. Okay, do I have three? Huh? So, a non-musical person doesn't looks at those treble clefs and whatever they are and all those dots with wings on them. So what are you in that class for? Because all your friends are in that class. 
So I thought I'd take the, uh, the bass saxophone. It plays a note, a bar probably. Boom, 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 boom. And you know what? If you miss the one boom, I don't have a clue where I'm going afterwards. <laughs> it's true. And so all of a sudden, you know, the conductor, our, you know, our, our music teacher, fast, be quiet. How does he know? Because he's read the music sheet. He knows where the French horn comes in and the trumpet and the trombone and the cymbal and the drums. He knows where they all come in. And where's Tom? <laughs> I had to go into my own private classroom and learn. But now we have learned in the message. Or we start to understand that we are a part of the great symphony of God. And you can't hide your head behind a trombone. Because God is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. And he knows whether or not you're in the beat of the composer. And so since we've grown up. And we realize we're men and women of the living God. Brother Bram said in, in Why Christ Speak, you're not babies anymore. You're men. You're sons of God. Stand as sons of God. Live as women of God. Amen. We, well, Brother Mano, Brother Mano I, I just, uh, here, I, I could have just done this today. I, why did you do that? <laughs> because, you know, it's just always that way with a preacher when somebody's preaching ahead of you. They always are going to take something and you say, should I repeat that? It's amazing. You can take a lot of quotes. You can take a lot of things. You can take a lot of scripture and the Holy Spirit just take that and weave that over that. It's amazing to me. And Brother Bram turns around. Why do you fear communism? Why do you fear? Tell me, you fear communism? It's the devil you ought to fear. Not communism. It's a tool in the hand of God. Forget Fox News. Forget MSNBC or whatever acronyms they have. Forget it. This is the best news. This is the good news. Amen. Listen, Russia, hey, if he wants to drop the bomb, let it go. Why? Because your prophet prophesied before one bomb falls. Come on, stay with me. Come on, let's beat the devil down. Let's take the honey and eat the honey. Glory. Come on, devil, drop the bomb. And so why are we even interested? We're not of this kingdom. We're of another kingdom. We don't need to get caught up in what's happening in political affairs and flag waving. I got one flag. It's called the cross of Calvary. You want to fly a flag, you fly that flag. I'm sorry. I feel at home. <laughs> My wife's got her eyebrows raised, so I know I'm in trouble. 
<laughs> Honey, settle. I remember one time when I first started preaching, I was talking on the genetics of God. God's genetics and how it passes through. And, I, and I, one of our children was in a, a baby in the, play, in the, in the um, you know, little beds with the bars in it. <laughs> crib. <laughs> and they're in the crib. And he was doing something that his mother did, but nobody taught him how to do that. And I was about to tell the people, and she looks at me and goes. <laughs> and to this day, I've never said it. And I will not do it tonight. I do. <laughs> but here we are, enjoy. Listen, saints, if we can't enjoy what we believe, we've got the wrong message. People look crazy. They're at basketball games. They're at football games. They're this kind of game and cheering them on. They paint themselves. They look ridiculous. And they call us ridiculous? They're crazy. But you have given the mind of God. And you should be able to rejoice, lift up his name, praise him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Do not, never, never fear communism. How many times throughout the message? How many times? And yet here we are reading the newspaper. I guess they don't even have newspapers anymore. I don't know what they have. But we read this, we read that. Hey, did you hear this? They're taking this and they're doing this. Pray for the believers. Can I give you some honey? I'll give you a couple of honey. There's some believers up on the border from Ukraine to Russia, and the bombs were flying over, and one landed in a brother's home, and it never went off. To God be the glory. That is honey. Is that right, Brother Ed? That's honey, saints. We don't fear communists. We don't fear the devil. We have a godly reverence and fear for Almighty God. But it's not the same fear. It's not the same fear. He said these high-headed, haughty Americans. No Americans here. I have a lot. (laughs) But I still read the prophet. He said... Watch these high-headed, haughty Americans and see whether communism has got them or not. Why? They're rooted as deep as Russia is right now. And you are seeing the manifestation of it. And that was a year before I was born. You don't tell me that God didn't take a vessel, stood in the vessel, spoke the word of God, and it is more relevant today than it was in 1953. Because my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He which was, which is, and shall be. is the God we serve. Hallelujah. So now Brother Branham, he says, he says, now science has a tree they can climb. And that's what Brother Branham says. They broke into the laboratory. He says, so science has a tree. We know it's the tree of good and evil. They have a tree they can climb. But they can only climb so far. And then, that's as far as they go. That's the end of scientific research. They'll kill themselves. But you see, 
on the tree of faith or on the tree of life. Those branches never stop, Brother Minnow. They keep growing and growing and growing. He says, but you see the tree of faith. There's no end. You just keep on going because that tree we should be on tonight is called the tree of life, the tree of faith, not headed towards the moon, not headed towards the sun, but we are headed towards heaven and God himself. Amen. With the glorious rapture of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what we're living for. And no devil, no imp, no lion, no trial is going to stop you from that rapture. Can you say amen? amen? Because your prophet said the rapture's already in you. Everything you need for this journey is already in you. It's already there. He has called, he has justified. Him he has justified. He has already glorified. But Abraham says he sees you already over there rejoicing. Come on, rejoice, saints. Hallelujah. Glory. And, and young men, don't you ever, ever think that the world's got any allurement to a son and daughter of God. I can prove to you, because I'm going to reach into my honey, a guy that used to drink, smoke, do drugs, and dope in a moment. I got the honey of God. I got deliverance in a moment. Because there was a deep calling to a deep. And there had to be a message to respond to my deep. Behold, I send you. Come on, make it personal. God sent Malachi 4 for me. When I read that scripture, I read it for me, Brother Ed. Behold, I send you. Elijah, the prophet. I want to ask you a question. Can I ask it? Okay. Who told that boy to eat that pedal? Did he go to school and the teacher get the chalkboard out, a pointer? No. That, now, you know, if you're lacking anything in your body, eat anything. Nothing and nobody told him. How, could you imagine seeing a kid on the side of the street eating a pedal, Brother Dwayne? You would say, loco, loco. Right? But a prophet said there was something in him that was calling to what was in that pedal because his body had been brought out of the earth and his earth was calling for sulfur. My name was written in the Lamb's book of life and because my name was there, my deep called for this message. Glory, not a pedal. Malachi 4, not a pedal. Revelation 10.1. Come on. That's what your deep call for. Look what it's doing. A church triumphant. A church victorious. We say we're at the end of the book. And we read the quote. She will be a super church. She will be a super race. Well, I want you to say this evening, I am that. This day, 
That prophecy is fulfilled in my ears. Mm, I know that's a strong pill to swallow, but you might as well swallow it. If you're telling me the rapture can happen right now, there's got to be a super church. And I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. The problem with yourself is yourself. You look in the mirror and you see yourself and you're your own worst critic. Come on. Not only are you your worst enemy, you are your own worst critic. You say something, you say, well, if you're a Christian, you would never have said that. But didn't tell the devil just a second, just after I said that, I said, oh, God, why did I say that? But he never tells you that. And when he accuses you, he's a liar anyway. So just keep on just saying, okay, devil, keep accusing me, please. Well, Tom, you crazy? Well, that means that you're not that what he's accusing you of because he can't find the truth. Bonus. But you see, they're, 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 on the tree of, they're on the tree of knowledge. They're on the tree of science, and it ends. We have climbed up the tree. We've been little kids. Every kid wants to climb a tree, but once you get on the tree of life, you never want to get down. And that branch keeps reaching on into other dimensions, making himself alive and real, coming to church, and it's not a doldrum. And coming to church, it's alive. It's alive. He's alive. How do you know he's alive? He's living in me. Hallelujah. Amen. Yep, they climb up and their branches end. But we're going to a glorious rapture in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. His power and very life dwelling within a people. You either say amen to that or go out the door. Because you got to say amen. That's the thought of God regarding you. <laughs> He's telling you, you are the power of God. I've got the power in the name. No, we're not talking not by might, not by power, not by my spirit, but by my spirit, say the Lord. That power is the power of man. That's what, when you're talking about, when you're using that scripture. So it's, you know, devil will use scripture against you. Say, what are you talking about, Brother Tom? It's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Well, just look up the two powers. Look up the two names. Then you won't have a conflict. Right? You just have to realize there's a power of God and there's a power of just men. It won't be men that will conquer this kingdom. It will be the power of God through men. Amen. Can you turn with me? We all, we all right? Uh, Long-winded preachers. I love Brother Menno. <laughs> I, I, I do, Brother Menno. Thank you so much. I so reveled in the word this morning. Turn to Amos 3, verse 7. Hallelujah. Say amen when you get there. Amen. You're there? All right. Oh, it's on the board. Man, high tech. Don't you love it? Okay, the Bible says, Surely the Lord God will do nothing but reveal his secrets unto his servant, the prophet. Right? Now, now it's coming to our scripture. 
Because I want you to think Revelation 5. I want you to think Revelation 10. Because when he heard the roar, it was like unto a lion. And he wanted to see a lion, and it was a lamb. So there is actually a noise coming out of the throne of God's grace called a roar. The lion hath roared, who will not fear? The Lord God hath spoken, who can but prophesy? Is that true? So your book says, and my book says, now you're to take the book. Give me the book. Take the book. Give me the book. So now you got the book. What are you supposed to do? Prophesy. What did you hear this morning? Say what the prophet said. Don't add to it. Don't subtract to it. But you say what he says. And the power of God comes behind that word. So the Lord God has spoken. So now we understand it's not Brother Branham speaking. Now, don't go crazy on me now. We're not calling Brother Branham God. But God had to step in the veil. Because he can do nothing first. Reveal it to his prophets. And he didn't use the star and the moon and the sun. He said God uses men. And so now he's using a prophet to prophesy. To speak the word. To roar like a lion. And now, since you've read the scripture, your obligation is to prophesy. Come on. Come on. We didn't read it just to spend some time. We read it for a purpose. Because if you believe the Lord God has spoken, then you have to prophesy. What are you going to prophesy? Thus saith the word. Thus saith the message. Thus saith the Lord. Say what I said. That is a roar in itself. Because let me, let me just, just slow her down a bit. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet. And what's he going to do? He's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. And we've all read that, if not hundreds, thousands of times. But many times, for me anyways, I, I know the scripture. But sometimes, you know, you get impressed to look at a word of that scripture. So I'm just going to take a look at that word turn. Look at the word turn. He's going to turn. Well, that's, that's, that's interesting because repentance is to turn around. Right? Different turn. Different turn. Just look it up. But this turn in Hebrew is to turn the hearts of the children back to the father. It's in a Hebrew dictionary called Shuva. And that, whether I'm saying it right, forgive me. If not, it's to not only turn you, but to return you. You can only return if you had already been there. Come on. So this message is only for those that are already in the mind of God. He just didn't turn us. He turned us to return us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Take that one, devil. That's why you can't have me. That's why you can't have me. She's mine. Restore the man his wife. You read Restoration of the Bright Tree, right? Huh? Of course. Restore. Restore. Turn. Return. Return Sarah back to Abraham. 
because it's been prophesied. Isaac has to come through that womb. Glory. And there's a people that have been prophesied that that word has to come through our lives. No devil can stop you. No king of Bemelech. No devil, 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 devil. Amen. Now the message. We say, well, Brother Tom, God sent us Elijah the prophet, and he's roaring. Because he's only speaking what the lion's already spoken. So we say, well, okay, he, he, he's like a lion. Okay, can I give you some facts about a lion? Just interesting facts. Maybe to help you. Maybe you'll probably remember that over everything else I said. But a lion, when he roars... He's roaring for a purpose because he's letting everybody know this is my territory. I'm just waiting for you to catch up. Just don't think of the Serengeti, okay? Just don't think of a location. Think about the lion hath roared. And he's telling you, my territory is from glory unto glory. And nobody is going to take my territory. And in my territory are my subjects. I'm king. King. A male lion does his territorial call. And your Bible says that the lion of the tribe of Judah. Go to Revelation 10.1. And he roared like a lion. So now what he's telling us, there's a territorial call going out. He's not going to redeem serpent seed, but he's going to redeem a bride. And that roar is to advertise his status. (laughs) Oh, I'd love to sing. He's king of kings. He's Lord supreme. This lion roared in this day to let you know his status. I'm the Lord of glory. I am the great I am. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. My name is wonderful. The Prince of Peace is he. Oh, my. I wish, you know what? I'm jealous. Dwayne sings and preaches. Menno sings and preaches. Brother Harold sings and preaches. Tom Preaches. <laughs> yeah, thank you, brother. I knew I had a friend. <laughs> I didn't get it. But anyways, we can croak it out and make a joyful noise. So now we know it's a territorial call. We know that it is to advertise status. Okay, devil. I'm letting you know at the end of the book. I've read the book. And my Bible tells me, you're going to hell. And there is a chapter in, or a verse in that chapter that says that there's a people that overcomes by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. What is that testimony? That is your honey. Glory. Your honey defeats the devil. Because if God can give me three children when I can't have children, and now I, I have a married granddaughter, if he can do it for me, he can do it for Brother Murphy's daughter, he can do it for anyone. Yeah. 
And I can tell you around the world, these testimonies go out. Honey. Honey. Territorial call. He's trying to let everybody know the dominant male is present. <laughs> oh, there's always these young bucks that think that they're stronger. Yeah? But I tell you what, this lion, when he roars, there is no devil. Uh huh? No little miniature lion, wannabes. You just tell the devil next time you're a wannabe because he can't be original. He can never be original. So he can only copy. At best. He's a forgerer. Yeah. And you know, forgery makes big money. I can have a Rembrandt if I want. But it's not the real Rembrandt. But the only thing that's of value is that which is real. And so now what the word has come for is to let you know. The dominant male is here to let you know this is the real word. Should there be a rival wishing to challenge him, he uses the means of communication by his powerful roar. The power of the roar of the male dominant lion is 114 decibels. Now, I'm not a sound person, so that doesn't impress me. But they say it's louder than a rock band. Oh, okay, another statistic. It's as loud as a roaring of a 737 engine. And he sends out the roar. But he just doesn't send out the roar. He's waiting for the rebound. Because the rebound tells what's in his territory. Come on. Who rebounded? Roar! <laughs> oh, there's a Tom Ray out there. And that's why the word went out. It's the lion of the tribe of Judah roaring in this generation. Letting know, now this is my territory. And I'm listening for the return of it. Amen. He's listening to the return of that roar. The roar of a lion goes out and goes out five miles. Now, we, we've either been to an animal farm or we've been to a zoo or we've seen a lion. But when he's in his territory, the roar of the lion is a five-mile roar. I thought that was pretty good. F-A-I-T-H, roar. By the G-R-A-C-E, roar. Five months, that's incredible. Langley to Cloverdale is only three. It, it, it's just an amazing, these are amazing facts. So it, a roar is a five-mile roar. Brother Bram says, now the prayer of faith shall save the sick. God shall raise them up. And they, if they've got any unbelief, it will be taken away 
from them. The king's roar. Come on. Let's drive unbelief out of here. Not Tom Ray's word. Tom Ray's word won't do it. But God's word will. And he said, it's not my word. It's the king's roar. My. Brother Ed, think about it. It's the king's roar. Who can but prophesy, Brother Rand goes on to say. But who can but testify when the king roars? His word says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does the rebound say? <laughs> Amen. No, that was yesterday, Brother Tom. No, no, that doesn't sound like territorial to me. No, sir. Come on. Come on. For the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil. As I got circled here, as, not like, as a roaring lion. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Not will. No, no, you got to look, you got to read it slowly now. Whom resist steadfast in this faith. See, everybody goes about without scripture, but forgets to read after it. Because if you're in this faith, you got a greater roar. Uh-huh. He goes about as a roaring lion. I'm a product of the lion. I got the genetics. You got the genetics. We know which pride we're from. We know who our daddy is. We know what our territory is from cover to cover. Hallelujah. Amen. So then Samson turns aside and he looked at that trial and said, man, it was the spirit of God that destroyed that devil. I want you to look back in your own life right now and look back at how many times the spirit of God moved on you, but not Samson. Samson means the son of of the son. And you are indeed son of the S-O-N of God. Look back in your life and see how many lions you've rent. You talk about Goliath and brother David, he took that Goliath down. How many Goliaths have you taken down? Here's Caleb, 85 years old, and he takes his mountain, and he's got three giants. <laughs> At 85, I think about it. You got five more years, brother Minnow. We're going to slay a few more giants. Brother Harold, we're going to slay some giants. We're going to take God at his word. We know our territory. We know we were rebirthed. We've got the rebound. We've got, thus saith the Lord. She says what he says. So now here's Samson. He looks at it. And now it's just a dead lion. Just a victory. But just remember... When you go from a lion, there's another thousand Philistines waiting for you. But if God can anoint you to defeat that lion, he will anoint you to defeat your thousand Philistines. Now, have you thought about it? What a campaign. We talk about Brother Ram's campaign. This was a great campaign. I had the lion campaign. <laughs> Let me give you a honey testimony. A lion roared up against me. I ran him like a kid. Oh, by the way, I had a thousand Philistine campaign. A thousand Philistine. I just had now... The jawbone of an ass. Huh? That was my 1,000 Philistine campaign. How about my 300 Fox campaign? 
Now you all nod your head, yep. Mm -hmm. Catch a fox. Catch a fox. I tried. I used to work on a golf course. My first job, I was 11 years old. Worked on a golf course. And these crazy foxes would come out and they think the golf balls were eggs. So I'd be up early in the morning and I'd get up and, and I'm, I'm, you know what, they called me the weed puller. I guess that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Pull out the weeds. You know how big a green is on a golf course? I had to take a string and a, pe and a peg and start at the edge of that green and move every inch until I was finished that whole green. Some of these greens are about as big as this room right here. You know, I, I, I got so stir crazy I was talking to weeds. You rotten weed, you bug me. But you're my job. <laughs> I'm getting paid to have you bug me. So then this fox would come out. And this golfer, you know, and this ball would land on this fox would come out and grab that ball and he'd run. And I'd go running after that fox. And I'd find his den. And I thought, Eureka. I used to sell golf balls on the side of the road. I got a whole den of golf balls. No. He chewed every one of them up. <laughs> you can't catch a fox. You say, well, Samson caught 300 foxes. That's supernatural. Mm -hmm. You coming to church is supernatural. You don't think it. I mean, I mean, we read it, 300 foxes. No, he caught the foxes, tied their tails together, put them on fire, and loosed them. That was a tremendous campaign. I want to say this has been a tremendous weekend. Because we got that old fox on the run. Come on, we got the devil on the run. You heard the word this morning. You're hearing it tonight. I want to say to God be the glory. Hallelujah. How's the honey? You know, we say, like I said, Boston Creek honey is good honey. I don't know if you got it over here. You have special honey and you buy honey. But I got the honey called victory. I got honey called guiltless. I got honey called sinless. <laughs> now, don't get me preaching now. Because I want to let you go. But think about it. You are the sinless, spotless bride of Jesus Christ. If that's not honey in the mouth. If you aren't going, mm, that's glorious. No, you say, that's a quote. That's more than a quote. That's God telling you, you have no sin. Honey, I should have got every one of you standing and glorifying God. You've heard that quote too many times, and now it's become boring to you. It's never boring. I don't want to rebuke you. I just want you to understand, that is not boring. You are going to stand before the God of glory sinless, spotless, virtuous. Oh, honey in the rock, my brother. Hallelujah. The honey of pardon sin should get you jump in the pews. <laughs> I know what kind of a rascal I was. I know what kind of a person I was, Brother Max. And I know that God took all that out of me. Put a love for the things of God. And then I find out there was a seed always planted there. And the gene in me saw what I wanted to be through Malachi 4. Brother Ellen, we're going back to a new body. 
That's got to be good honey. And that's free. Well, that didn't get anybody charged up, but... Hmm? The Bible says, and he cried with a loud voice, Revelation 10, 3. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. It's throughout all Scripture. The territorial call in this last age came through a messenger. And you have now, consequently, reverberating the call back. I'm here. I'm one of them. Musicians, come. I'm one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Hallelujah, one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Now, I don't know what key that is. It's called the key of Tom. Did I do get it? Here we go. I'm, let's stand. I'm one of them. One of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. another spoon of honey? Can I just give you another one? Not one hair on your head shall perish. You are mine. <laughs> Hallelujah! You say, well, I lost. You did not lose one of them. No, sir, not one of them. Honey, can I give you one more? There's been churches, churches, bride, churches, brides. Okay, we've heard that, haven't we, Brother Mel? We've heard that, but there's one coming. I want to say to you tonight, we're here. There's been bride, bride, churches, bride, brides, but there's one coming. I'm one of them. 